Welcome to The Meeting Room, a place to gather and discuss all things relating to meat safety, quality, and production. In the last week in the United States, 620,000 cattle and 2.5 million hogs were harvested. This produced over 510 million pounds of beef and nearly 560 million pounds of pork. In the news this week, U.S. beef exports set a record in November 2021 with 123,640 metric tons being sent out. This was up 7% from 2020. Pork, on the other hand, declined by 8%, with 237,540 metric tons being shipped. Japan led 2021 as the largest importer of U.S. beef, and the export market is a multi-billion dollar business for the United States. There were a lot of recalls, with nearly 14 tons of ground beef from interstate meats in Oregon being recalled for possible E. coli contamination. The products were produced on December 20, 2021, and have the establishment number of 965. Additionally, Kettle River Products of Minnesota is recalling about 1,400 pounds of chicken Alfredo pizza due to an undeclared allergen. Wheat is contained in the product, but was not on the label. And one of the things with allergens that is always kind of interesting to me is it seems like fairly common sense that wheat is included in pizza unless it specifically says that it is gluten-free. However, since it wasn't bolded on that specific allergen statement, all of that product has to be recalled. On the off chance that somebody with a wheat allergy consumes that product not knowing that wheat was included in it, um, it could be a big issue for that production company. And finally, still on the allergen topic, sesame is being added to the list of food allergens that need to be declared on the label. This grows the list from 8 to 9, and it means that any time that sesame is included in a product, it legally must be declared on the allergen label that follows the ingredients. Over 1.5 million Americans have a sesame allergy. Welcome to the meeting room. My name is Brianna Boozman, and thank you for joining me this week. Every time I go to the grocery store, I like to stop and browse the meat counter. I know I've said that before, uh, but... My family raises livestock, we raise cattle and sheep, and so growing up, I was really fortunate to have um, a freezer full of of home-raised beef and lamb, and still today I'm fortunate um, to have that as well, and some pork products we would buy, but for the most part, I fortunately have not had to buy a lot of meat in my day. But I do, however, still really like to look at the meat counter uh, whenever I get groceries, mainly to see kind of what's out there. Uh, But you also get to understand a little bit more about how much products cost, um, and you get to just see a lot of interesting things um, from variety meats to things that are um, off-covered or sale product or just uh, timely, depending on what time of year. And um, it's just kind of a, a hobby that I guess I have when I go grocery shopping. But this week, we're going to talk about a few things to keep an eye out for when you are at the meat counter, and hopefully um, they help you get a little bit better bang for your buck, or are just things that you can watch out for. So next time you're grocery shopping, whoever you're with, uh, you can point these things out and, and start that conversation. 
One thing that always catches my eye whenever I'm at the grocery store is the ground beef. So, ground beef is the most popular beef item that is consumed within the United States, and it's because you can use it in everything, whether you're making um, a hamburger or if you're making a chili dog or if you're going to make it into some kind of hot dish or casserole, depending on where you live. You can use ground beef in just about anything. And typically there are a few different options for ground beef that you can purchase at the store. And they appear different visually. They oftentimes look to be almost a little bit different color. Um, If they're either at the meat counter or in the overwrap packaging, Um, if they're in the chubs or the plastic uh, packages that you can't see through, typically you can't see this until they're open. But oftentimes they maybe have slightly different color or shades of red. Um, And they're definitely going to have a variation in price. And so typically, ground beef pricing is based on its fat to lean percentages. So traditionally at the store, you'll see um, maybe ground beef that's labeled as 80-20, and so on. And so what this is telling you is that, say we're looking at that 80-20 package, 80% of that ground meat mixture, which is made up of lean meat and fat, and if there's any connective tissue that was in that product, 80% of that weight is being made up of lean meat, um, and 20% is made up of fat. So 85-15, 85% is lean, 15% fat, 93-7, 93% lean, 7% fat. And so traditionally, the higher percent lean is going to have um, a higher price point because you are paying for more of that high quality protein compared to more of that fat. Additionally, I noted that there could be some differences in color. So it makes sense that if you have um, something that has a high percent lean, beef is known to be a bright cherry red color If it's 93% of that uh, bright cherry red color and only 7% of that bright white fat, it's going to be a pretty pretty bright red, um, significantly red color. If it's something as low as a 73% ground beef, so only 73% of that uh, bright cherry red color, and now it's 27% fat, um, it's going to be significantly lighter in color, Um, maybe even more of a pinkish shade compared to what you traditionally see for that, um, you know, normal, I say with parentheses, bright cherry red color. And so we see these differences in the lean, we see the differences in the color, but we also then are going to see a significant difference in the price. And so these prices of just a few examples um, were from Walmart And I will say that they also do have an all-natural label on them, so that could um, alter it some. However, they're not necessarily uncommon prices for these products. So the first one being the 93% ground beef, um, that one has a selling price of $6.40. The 85% had a selling price of $5.30, and the 73% at a selling price of $4.23. And this was all per pound. Um, Some changes when it was different size packaging, but these were all the per pound basis. And I will say 
these prices are significantly higher than they were um, just a couple years ago. So I went back and I had found a write-up that I did back in September of 2019. So that's been now over two years ago. But at that time, the 93% ground beef was $5 uh, per pound. Now it's $6.40. The 85% was $4 a pound. Now it's $5.30. And the 73% was $2.98 per pound. And now it's $4.20. So still definitely been some change of time. But man, that's that's a really, really big difference in the price of those products. Um, and it's something that through COVID and through all the changes that we've seen in the market... Um, it, it's not surprising when we've seen how much meat really can cost at the store. Once again, what's really driving this price is that ratio of lean to fat. And although fat has a lot of benefits in terms of flavor, juiciness, ease of cooking, that sort of thing, it often is seen as a waste of product. And so if you brown the ground beef, if you make hamburger patties, um, a lot of that fat is going to cook off. Uh, fat in ground beef is not quite like the fat that you see in a ribeye. In a ribeye, it's that intramuscular fat that's between those muscle fibers. If you let that steak rest, it kind of um, holds that fat, that juiciness into that product. Whereas ground beef, all of those muscle fibers have been broken apart through the grinding process, um, and there's not really as much for that fat to actually bind to. And so a lot of that fat is going to seemingly cook off um, and it's it's going to be seen as more of a wasted product. And so depending on what you're using this product for can kind of help you to determine which is the best bet for you. So you have to think about your budget. You have to think about your diet, how you intend to use it. If you're making a hot dish, that's I'm going to call it a hot dish, um, and you're planning to bake the ground beef into it. So um, say you're not planning to, to brown the hamburger before you bake it, if you use a 73% lean, you're going to have a lot of really um, excess grease, a lot of oil that's now within um, that hot dish. Whereas if you use a leaner product, you're not going to have so much of that issue. You could mitigate some of that by browning the hamburger beforehand and draining off some of that grease. Um, Also, if you're making things like spaghetti or tacos where you're Uh, browning that hamburger first and then have that opportunity to drain it off, then that higher fat is not so bad. Uh, You do have to remember, though, when you're kind of thinking of some of those portions, yes, you start with a pound, but you are going to be removing a decent amount of that fat. Um, And so just some of those things to keep in mind. So now that you have your ground beef purchased and you're ready to, to go out and grill a burger, we're having these unseasonably warm temperatures maybe not I mean it's cooling down some but we're having these warm temperatures maybe you're firing up the grill what better way to top your burger than with some bacon so next thing we're looking at is buying bacon and I went to the grocery store just uh, last week and I was gonna buy bacon we don't we don't raise hogs we do get some pork but typically pork is what I buy at the grocery store and It just blew my mind, some of the prices and stuff for it, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But when it comes to buying bacon, you're going to have a lot of options in terms of flavors, brands, thickness, fattiness, 
etc., etc. Okay, a lot of different options in terms of bacon. Bacon is very popular. The belly of a pig is the most valuable portion on the meat side because we use bacon in everything. Um, you use it at home. Every restaurant you go to, fast food or high end, has a bacon burger on their menu or a bacon-wrapped filet, or bacon in asparagus, or bacon in vegetables, or so on and so forth. So my number one tip when buying bacon is to look at the window. So typically on the back of bacon packaging, there's going to be a window that you can actually look at the product. And so when you go to the meat counter, usually what makes you purchase something is its visual appeal for the first time. So for beef, You're looking for that bright cherry red color. You're looking for that marbling. You're looking for the visual appeal of it. For bacon, you can look at the percent of fat to lean. Some people like really, really fatty bacon, and that's just fine. Other people don't want to have so much grease left in their pan um, or in the paper towels in their microwave. And so you can look for one that has a higher percent of lean. You also... If you're getting nitpicky, and depending, again, how you're using the bacon, if um, you're wanting it to be more visually appealing, you can look for the squareness of the cut. Um, A lot of times you'll notice in packages where it almost gets kind of an S shape, or at the end um, there'll be kind of hooks to it. Those are called fish hooks, where the belly was wider than what the slicer was. Um, You'll notice that the package size of bacon doesn't change, but the slices always seem to fit in there. And so there could be some kind of misshaping to that, that um, if you're just frying it to have with breakfast, that maybe doesn't matter. But if you're doing something where you're trying to be a little bit more visually appealing, you may look for more of a square cut. So from there, that's when you really can look at that lean to fat level. Um, Again, some people prefer the bacon to be really lean, others very fat, um, and can choose really what's best for you. Personally, um, and some people are probably going to hate me for saying this, I actually like bacon that's a little bit more lean. More so, again, I'm, I'm cheap, and so I like to get the most bang for my buck, um, and I don't want to see all of that cook off while I'm actually cooking the bacon. Um, additionally, just from a quality standpoint, you can really look at that lean and look for any tiger striping. So this is one that's actually kind of an interesting conversation when you're in the grocery store. Um, When you're looking at the bacon, typically it's going to have that kind of pinkish cure color, but there's times when you look at the lean where you'll see almost a yellowish brownish stripe or stripes within the product, um, and that's tiger striping. So that comes from the injection. When that bacon is made and that cure is added, it's done with multiple injection needles um, that can leave that tiger striping with the brine. One of the things, though, that really sticks out to me when it comes to bacon is the greasiness of it. And this is something also that you can see through that window. So if you pick up that window or if you pick up that package of bacon and you look in that window and you see that it looks really greasy, almost hard to distinguish the differences in the slices of the bacon because they almost look like they've melted together. Um, That is not a good sign. So typically... Um, The diet of hogs can really impact their fat with higher levels of unsaturated fat causing more greasy bellies. And we refer to these as soft bellies or floppy bellies. And so what that means is that 
Oftentimes, that animal was fed a high level of unsaturated fats, typically it's high in distiller's grains, that led to a high level of unsaturated fat in the belly. And if it's floppy or if it doesn't hold its shape, um, basically, I actually did this one time in Costco where they had the full bellies you could buy, and I held up two of them, one on each arm. One of them stayed pretty flat. The other one completely flopped over, and I made my mom come and take a picture of me. Um, I'll probably post it on the Instagram and Facebook account, so follow the meeting room pod. But likely, it had a lot of unsaturated fat, making it softer, making it floppier. This is an issue because when you go to slice that belly or at the packing plant when they're going to slice the bacon, if it isn't able to maintain its shape and if it gets really greasy, it becomes really greasy in the packaging, it becomes really soft, Um, those pieces kind of melt together, they don't slice well, they can be inconsistent in their slice size, um, and can overall just create a not very uniform and a lower quality product. You also can see this some when you're cooking, may not necessarily impact um, the taste so much, but if it's something that's not very eye appealing and if it's going to cost the same as the package right next to it that doesn't have this issue, why not go for one that does not have um, the streaking and the greasiness to it? So the cost range for the bacon that I saw at the grocery store ranged from $3.50 per pound, and this was cheap. Um, this was kind of an off-brand, but it was super, super fatty, like 80% fat. It was not... I get some people liking fatty bacon, but it just was not eye-appealing at all. So that was the lower end of what I saw. On the higher end, um, and and not just higher, on the very high end, um, was a very specialty product. It was locally produced, um, and that was $9.98 per pound, so very, very expensive. Um, On average, it ranged closer to that $6 per pound. And once again, you have to find the right option for you. You know, you're maybe going to be buying something different if you're going to be wrapping it around asparagus versus if you're going to make it for your kids for breakfast. And so um, just finding the right options for cost, for flavors, and so on um, is really going to be the best bet. All right, so another option that may be good for you, and this is something that, again, very much is dependent on your budget your diet preferences, um, the number of people that you're feeding, all of those things. But my next tip is to get out your own knife and do some cutting at home. And so things like um, there's times where buying a product more in bulk and doing some cutting and freezing of your own may be beneficial. So for example, chickens, you can buy a whole chicken oftentimes for a lower cost than you would some of those individual cuts. They're pretty easy to cut up at home, or you can cook the whole chicken um, or go down into the individual pieces. Also, this is good if you're somebody who's interested in making stocks um, or soups or things like that, where you can actually utilize the bones as well. The problem with it is that you get limited quantities. So if you're planning to make wings, it maybe doesn't make sense to buy a chicken and just deal with those couple wings. Um, It may make sense to by just the wings that you're wanting to prepare. Also, if you're feeding um, a large family, you aren't going to get chicken breasts for 10 from one chicken. So you've got to think about those things as well. There's instances where this does not make sense. 
Um, what does work well, though, is if you look at a different species, if we go back to pork, um, thinking about buying a whole pork loin. Oftentimes, uh, grocery stores will have sales on pork loins. They're, they're actually a fairly popular cut to do sales on. And it's pretty easy to buy a whole pork loin, cut it into your own chops. You can make stew meat. You can do butterfly chops. You can do some country-style ribs from them. Um, you can actually get a lot of different products from just an individual pork loin. And if you don't want to eat the whole thing at that time, uh, that's just fine. You can get freezer bags. You can get plastic wrap. There's ways that you can save that product um, as well for a future date. Or even... Um, just dividing it into thirds and having a few different loin roasts from it are a good option as well. This is beneficial whether you have a household of two or, again, those higher number of people that you're trying to feed. It may be a more cost-effective option. Also, uh, many stores that do have an actual working meat counter, if you get a pork loin, um, oftentimes you can go up to them and ask them and they will slice it for you. Two, right in-house, uh, but still just be charged that pork loin cost. Um, and this may be an option for some. Again, not all. Likely, um, you may be able to do this for a pork loin or an occasional chicken, um, but likely it's, it's not going to be justified to buy, like, a whole beef rib. I mean, at least for some people it would be. It would not be for me just from a financial side and for quantity. Um, unless you're interested in doing some aging or um, have a, a good way to package and save that product, just because if you're going to do this, you want to make sure you have the proper way to store it so you don't end up wasting that product. And my last tip for today is to check the sale aisle. In the grocery store, things don't go on sale because they're spoiled. If they were unsafe, they wouldn't be sold. That would be a liability on the store. Most of the time, they go on sale just because they're not as visually appealing. And so, um, like I said, people make a purchase based on that visual appeal. So that bright cherry red color, um, that marbling, and so forth. So this is uh, really going to be the best option, likely, in beef. Um, and a lot of times in round steaks or in round roasts. So the round is that hind quarter of the beef animal. It's a really big muscle portion and it takes a long time for it to cool down during that harvest process. And because of that, it can have some um, problems maintaining that bright cherry red color. And typically, round steaks can only stay in the meat case for about 24 to 48 hours before they discolor. So they're still perfectly safe to eat. They're still going to taste great, but they may have just a little bit of discoloration. And so... Um, these may be something that you see in a sale product, or if you see it in the regular meat counter, but it's off color, ask if you can get a deal on it. Most people working at the grocery store, um, unless you're actually asking at the meat counter, may not know why it has some discoloration, um, but they may know that people aren't going to buy it if they see that. So if you're at least willing to buy it, even if it's at a discount, um, that may be a good option, especially when you know that it's still perfectly safe, it's still going to taste great, um, and it's going to look just fine once it's actually cooked. So sale products um, may be past their best in terms of their color, in terms of maybe some of the overall quality, it kind of depends on the cut, but most of the time they're still going to create um, a great eating experience. 
And so I wouldn't be afraid to buy um, sale products um, and consume those just fine. So with that, hopefully uh, this gave you a few things to kind of think about and um, maybe things that will catch your eye next time you are at the grocery store. Or maybe they will simply be some conversation starters, and that's a good thing too. Um, I know when I go grocery shopping with friends or family, um, I usually end up in some of these conversations about what it is that I like to look for. And um, people may think you're crazy, but it, it may be kind of an interesting topic too. So thank you for tuning in this week in the meeting room, and I look forward to visiting with you again soon. The views, information, or opinions expressed in the meeting room are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent those of their employers, including the University of Nebraska-Lincoln and others.